I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Wrestling's most exciting podcast is back. That's right. Something to wrestle with. With <laughs> no. Yep. It's not, is it? No. <coughs> for, unfortunately not. But it. Well, I think for a lot of people, for some people, it is wrestling's most exciting podcast. Isn't well, it? we've had a few. Our, our friends and family enjoy it, don't they? Yeah, yeah. My mum's listened to a few episodes. Thank God, my wife hasn't. Thank God, my mother-in-law hasn't. But yeah, all, all kinds of trouble, wouldn't you? But we are back. We're back. The A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. Um, for for those of you who hope that was the end of it, unlucky. Unlucky. If you've subscribed, you're getting it forever. Yep, forever. So I guess uh, we'll start, forever. Andy, with an with an apology. Um, yeah. But last week's schedule for you. I mean, I was available anytime, but you were selfish <laughs> and lazy, and we actually missed a whole week. We we yeah. have one one uh, one one episode where we uploaded the following day because again you were lazy and selfish. Um, I was ill. I was on my death. I was literally on my deathbed. I was in all kinds of trouble, and uh, and all I can get is I I tried to explain that why well not I tried to explain. So the podcast never went up that night because I was like literally on death's door. Yes, and rather someone tweeted asking about it i think and and you replied just being really horrible about me <laughs> yeah i said it won't and, happen again yeah that's right and and uh being really horrible about me without even you didn't even check to see if i was still alive no i knew you were uh, Haley would have called me she and, said i'd have been the first person yeah you would have been in all co- i'm practically your next of kin there, so uh you know there would well, have not anymore actually oh no. <laughs> yeah yes so yeah the, what we're getting at here is uh congratulations dad Oh, thanks, pal. Yeah, he's joined the club. Dad, I have. Dads are us. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. Uh, yeah we're we're probably the cool dads, aren't we? I don't. I don't know if I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I I take my my son Finley, who's eight, to school ne- nearly every morning, and I do see some cool dads, and um, I just turn off my scruffy gym vest and oh, bright really? orange shorts and. I think when we yeah. get to school age, I think I'm going to make an effort. Well, they, Poppy so. and. Um, Calvin, as you've named your son, they're going to be in the that same school been, year. That should be for me to tell the world, not you. Well, really, go on then. So. Well, I don't know his middle name. Well, you don't know his middle name, I well, think. Well, we're working on it. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, we have a few... Oh, well, we don't have... A, so, like... So, basically... Um, our, what story are we telling here? Are we telling the story of, of his birth? Or are we telling the story of his name? I don't know. What no, we're going to tell the story of why our, why we didn't do an episode last week. Oh, so, last That's week... That's far more <laughs> important. <laughs> well, last week I was in the hospital, like, pretty much every single day... Last week, what I will so say, so was your wife, funnily enough. Well, she was yeah. there as well, yeah, yeah. and uh, and she did a fantastic job, and I've never been prouder of her in all my life. Oh. Um, and I, I'd like to say as well that for, and I said to Haley at the time, and uh, and I meant it, and for, okay, I don't want to get in trouble with what I say here. Yes, don't worry, she won't listen. No, I'm not. Gonna, yeah, but I'll get in trouble with the whole internet. Okay. Just don't I say, just, don't okay. say anything racist. Don't say anything. Well, it sexist. might come across as sexist. Okay. But I don't mean this in a sexist way. No, it's okay. Right. So what I'm saying is, at that time, after our son was born, I just had a newfound appreciation for women. Okay. Like, what they go through. What they go through to bring us into the world. Yes. Um, and for me, that, like I say, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. I'm just saying, like, on Saturday morning when I woke up, 
or sorry, he was born on Saturday. So on Sunday morning when I woke up, there was a newfound appreciation for women which wasn't there on Saturday morning when I woke up. Yes, I see. After seeing what she went through. And every mm-hmm. single one of us came out of a mother. Yep. <laughs> and they all went through that same uh, excruciating pain. Well, bless your mum. She had two at the same two time. Two at the same time, yeah. Yeah. yeah but she, she hit the lottery with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with me and my sister. She came out all right, yeah. So... Um, so yeah, so I just knew newfound appreciation for women. But, um, but yeah, I was in hospital every single day uh, last week, uh, pretty much. Um, we did try, I, didn't we? We were texting we, constantly back and forth. Yeah. Are you back yet? Are you back yet? But you were often like off getting figures. Yeah. Or doing the old. Or doing real work. Doing the old. In the gym. Um, being a dad. Being a news agent. Yeah, being a news agent. A shoot job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so unfortunately we, we couldn't. Our schedules couldn't marry up, could they? No, but we are back um, now, Wednesday I didn't afternoon. think it'd be appropriate for you to do it in the uh, the labour ward of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have come down. <laughs> um, We're on location. Um, something I do want to make mention of, though, is... Uh, and I knew this was going to bite me, so Hayley decided she wanted to give birth in, in a hospital about half an hour or so away from... Well, half an hour in... Uh, good traffic yeah, away, lucky, from, on a good day. Uh, away from our house because it was a nicer hospital and what I will say the hospital care was absolutely wonderful um, all the staff were wonderful it was very clean it was lovely a um, lot a uh, uh, lot less populated than our local hospital I said like to my sister I explained it like our local hospital is something like um, an episode of Holby City okay. <laughs> with you know stuff going in all over the place you know people coming in injured from a irresponsible wrestling school from down the road and, yeah uh, terrible um, <laughs> doesn't happen so often now VPW shut down no, I'm joking yeah. <laughs> um, but we have been known to have to take some people from time to time haven't we we have yeah um, but that's the nature of the beast that's and, the game we play and um yeah, the whatever, what? So before when we were going there, so I, I don't know. Like I just kind of thought this is you know it's a bit of a long way to go, but whatever she wants. And the car park in there was quite reasonable, right? The price. The price. Okay. Yeah. So like, if you wanted to stay for twenty four hours, it was like six quid. Really? Right. However, on that was the, your priority. The first of April. Yeah. There was a a pay a, a increase in price. Right, that's it. Car parking. We're going somewhere else. Right. Do you know how much it was costing me a day in car parking? Uh, um. So hold on. It was six pound for twenty four hours. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh god, I wouldn't go on. Thirteen pound twenty. Really? That's over a hundred percent increase. And I dropped over sixty quid. Really? Maybe even more than that. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of lost count. Yeah. In the uh, in car parking. Yeah. Um. What I'll do on our Facebook group, I'm going to uh, tweet a picture of the chair I was offered to stay in. Oh, yeah, you sent that right. to me. Yeah. <laughs> Overnight, uh, that was it. And maybe we can compare the two chairs, because like, you sent me a great picture as well, didn't you? So. Yeah, so so my wife was induced, and I got a phone call maybe 3 a.m. And I remember, I wasn't up watching it, but it was a night of SummerSlam was on, and I got a call. Jinsen Mahal was just getting in the <laughs> ring, and you were super excited. I couldn't <laughs> wait. I sat there, and so Lindsay was in labour. I got there. She was being induced, and, and there, there it was. And uh, I was just absolutely shattered. And there's a picture of my, like, newborn by minutes, I swear. My wife, Lindsay, had my phone. She took a picture, and in the background, me. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't given birth, obviously. I haven't just been through labour. I'm absolutely zonked out in the background. But I had a nice comfy chair. That's why I've had a seat. If I had the chair you had, I probably would have been far more attentive. I was there. I was supportive. Were you supportive? Yeah, I was, actually. Yeah. I, I was there when, when Poppy came out, yeah. Were you looking at the business end? The um, business end of what? <laughs> the labour. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. I looked at the business end. I thought it was amazing. Oh, do you mean... Oh, is that, mean, a, is uh, that euphemism? Well, euphemism? yeah, I'm saying that, yeah... Oh, I didn't know that term. You know where? Okay. Well, I don't. I think I may have just made it up. But oh, okay. I'm, I'm kind of. Oh, yeah, I saw. Yeah, head uh, head came out first, and 
Yeah, I saw a... I just thought it was amazing the way their heads were so li- kind of little and then uh, yeah. as it came out, it just kind of expanded like and all balloon, of a sudden it was like it? Yeah. pop and this like mm. big baby came out and was, I'm doing the arms. You yeah. can't see the arms, but I'm doing the arms. You're shaking all over the place. I remember we had a, we had a, a very, it felt like hours, um, but a hairy moment where we we told the midwife, or, no, it's not midwife. Is it midwife? Yeah, midwife yeah. yeah, so we told the midwife we were going to call the baby Poppy and uh, when Poppy came out, she didn't make a noise. So... I remember thinking, oh my God, do you know what I mean? Like the worst. And uh, just the midwife went and said, come on, Poppy, give us a cry. And immediately she started crying. But for that second, probably it wasn't even a second, felt like the longest time. Um, But yeah, so then then I knew that Poppy was healthy and happy. Oh, I've got to bed now. (laughs) (laughs) And he was off. He was was off. (laughs) I was like, good night. Um, So mine, like... Uh, I, d- I won't get into the story, but it was long. So obviously we we were in every day, and Haley was induced as well. But it took it was her first baby, so it takes a long while to kick in. And it it went from like I I spent all day. I made myself sick as well because like I was I, like I'm such a, like a sickly child. If you listen to this podcast, you think <laughs> I'm like you're really than me. Yeah. Um, but I I went so on the Friday um, when she got induced. So she got induced on the Thursday. I want to say so we went in Thursday morning. So, like, we were in all day and night on Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, and that's when we were going to do the podcast, obviously, originally, yeah. but then I was texting you saying, I'm still sat in this hospital, they're keeping us waiting. Then they said, you've got to come back tomorrow and be induced, which is why I said we could come back on Thursday and do the, the podcast, because they said, call up in the morning and we give you a time to come in. We called up in the morning at 8 a.m., and they said, come in straight away. Okay. So, we go in straight away, but then it's not until, like, half one that she finally gets induced, um, but then it goes all night. So I left at like maybe 10, 11, maybe later. It was real dark, I remember. I was scared driving. Home. <laughs> um, you were a new driver. New driver, driver nervous so, yeah. driver as well. And like, and there's the road from Chichester. I say to you all the time, all the potholes on the way home from yeah, Chichester. Yeah. Someone, if you're listening, West Sussex Road Police, yeah. sort, it, sort out. it out. I have a sad um, story about that, that, that drive. Uh, I remember driving back from a show. I think we'd been wrestling for, I think, EWW or someone up in Liverpool. And uh, it came off my Facebook memory thing the other day, and there was it's a dual carriageway. I was driving down the A27 towards Chichester to drop Steve Linsky home because apparently I'm his taxi. Um, and there's a fox on the left hand side of the road, and two baby foxes just out of nowhere. These two baby little babies, they were boom, ploughed straight into them. And that was nearly ten years ago. I've never forgotten oh, that. I was, I was heartbreaking. Yeah, I felt terrible. And I still do, obviously. I wish you didn't like mention that because you really brought down the tone of the year. <laughs> oh, poor little guys. Just giving them a bit of a memorial, that was all. Okay. They're not forgotten. <laughs> well, now you've got it off your chest, maybe you can sleep tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably it. Yeah. You'll be sleeping as comfy as you were in that picture. Mm. But maybe <laughs> if those that road wasn't full of potholes, it, yeah. the road conditions would be It's different. so bad, though, isn't it? No, so you are bad. right, yeah. Um, on the way there, it's not as bad, but on the way back, it's real bad. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then the next day, so... So that so that day I was there, I wasn't really eating. And of course, when they're in the hospital, they're getting like meals, aren't they? Mm. Cooked meals. They're looked after, yeah. Yeah. I'm sat there. I'm just like, you know. Whatever. I get this one. Do you want a bit? Do you want a bit of toast? Yeah. No. <laughs> Thank the, you. On the uh, on the Saturday, thank God. Like, so I went. So I got back at. Um, so sorry, it's on the Friday. I'm in the hospital all day on Friday. So I get back in at corn not uh, about half past nine. So I left at nine just to avoid the old rush hour, you know. Mm. I got back in about not half past nine on the Friday. Um, and I was, at, and we thought that was the day the baby was going to be born because they said, you know, they pretty much said it's probably going to be tomorrow when 
We had it, and I was hoping, like, I hope it's not, because it's going to be a Star Wars baby, and everyone's going to be like, oh, may the fourth, fourth be with you. Oh, that'd have been cool. <laughs> um, I'm not into that, though, am I? No. So, um, uh, so, so yeah, we went into then thinking we was going to be born that day. So I'm like thinking, oh, this could be the day I become a dad, yep. you know, and all excited and uh-huh. everyone's having painful contractions and whatever have you. Then nothing. The contractions got more painful. <laughs> oh, um, God. And I was like, I swear, I was like, she's not going to be able to cope with this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, she's being off more than she can chew here. <laughs> right. Um, but um, I went home. So then I go home. So essentially, they're like, we're waiting to break the waters. Right. And they said... We need to get... So, it was an unusually busy day, and they were like, um, well, I don't know, it may be a usually busy day, but I, all I know is that on the Sunday when we were there, like, the, the labour ward was, like, empty. So, like, um, if she was, if he was born, like, a day later, then... If everything was a day later, I think there might have been more space, but, like, they were waiting for a room to become available to break her waters, essentially, and get the process moving forwards, right? So, I was waiting there all day. Uh, we, like, obviously, not... Not like begrudgingly, obviously, yeah. but like I'm there all day in this uncomfortable chair. I must emphasize this uncomfortable chair, um, and I'm not really eating, um, and I've not eaten all day. I just left without. Uh, I think I went without breakfast because I wanted to get. I had to get some bits for Haley. She wanted um, a tens machine because we, we were we went to these antenatal classes and everything, and they told you everything that you need and told us what to expect and whatever. How much and, money to uh, spend? Oh, the tens machine was forty quid. What was it? Yeah, I don't have a tens machine. But were you only. Why do you need a tens machine? Well, not me. Like well, Lindsay. Lindsay didn't have one. No. Well, that's obviously yeah. because you're not. I'm a caring quid up now. Yeah. And uh, well, more than that because I went to those. Uh, oh, you NCT paid for the classes. classes. Yeah. They were like didn't do any of that. 120 or something. Goodness me. Um, but I think Haley paid for those actually. So for a change. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, again, I'm joking. Um, so um, the next. So then it gets to. So we're waiting for this room to come available. It becomes when we were there. The lady opposite us, who's I can't, men- well, I can mention this part. I don't really know her full name, but her surname was Simmons, so she may oh, be a relation it? to you. Possibly, yeah. Um, so the lady opposite us, she was um, waiting for, she was waiting to go up herself, and they had promised her. When we got into that room, so induced at one thirty, then went downstairs to the whatever wards where you wait to have your baby before you go back up to the labor ward, right? She was told when we got there about half past three, she was like, you're in next. When I got back the next morning, no. she was still sat there. Really? She was still sat there until about half past seven that night, right? And um, and then she got taken up. And then as Hayley's contractions were becoming more powerful, they were saying, like, uh, you'll be next up to go. Um, and the doctor had been in and said, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we'll break your waters, but we've got to wait for the room to become available. Um, so we're asking, like, when's it, you know... You know, when's the room going to be available? Do you know? Like, well, you are next. It's just hard to say because if an emergency comes in, you might not, we might not be able to. Okay. So we then, we're not really talking about wrestling at all. Are I was going to say, I'm waiting for this punchline. Welcome to the A Squared Circles Pregnancy Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're 14 minutes in. We'll talk, we'll get there. We'll talk about some wrestling. But um, just quickly, um, so. Um, gets to like nine o'clock say to the lady is there any chance of her going in and like Haley says is it alright for him to go home and then come back if anything happens and the lady's like oh I wouldn't if I were you you could be up any minute so I wait for like another hour and a half it gets to like half past ten I'm like I'm going home yeah. Like, and Haley's like saying go home as well and I said call me if anything happens so she texts me at midnight I got home about eleven um, she texts me at midnight saying um, uh, uh, I've just been moved into a room they're going to break my water soon. And then I got a phone call at 3 a.m. Yeah. So, obviously, <laughs> up at 3 a.m. <laughs> Straight back down. Long story short, I hadn't... And then, like, 
I the baby was born at seven thirty p.m. the next day. Cool. Right on a Saturday. Right, and I went that whole day from three a.m. to seven thirty. Well, it was later than that, all the way through to. Uh, I think I left the hospital about half eleven midnight. Um, so all that time. I'd eaten two slices of that dry toast in the morning. <laughs> That's all I'd eaten. Yeah. And like, I was making sure Haiti was hydrated and stuff, but not really myself. Sure. So then I, like all my stomach cramped up and my kidneys were cramped up. And it was while I was in the hospital as well, but I was kind of just ignoring the pain. I kind of thought like, oh, maybe I just need a poo. Do you know what I mean? But I bit can't time, go in. A bit like that time I was stuck in the van with Linsky. With Linsky, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 God, I, should have thought, I should have fought back to that episode, shouldn't I? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I need some salt. Is yeah, that right? salt, yeah, really salted crisps. <laughs> Lucasade. Lucasade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Calvin was born. He's here in the world. There's Calvin an, Quilden. There's, a, there's an heir to the throne. Yeah. Um, so we'll all be working for him one day. You will be. Yeah. You will be. Um, and he'll have his own podcast one day as well. Mm. So you can all listen to that. Be far better than ours. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Our podcast is all right. It's a good... I don't know. I we could do like with some more reviews. Like, in all seriousness, we could do with getting it up the rankings, couldn't we? Yes, we could. Yeah. Um, but we'd normally, we normally, normally do that at the end, but while we're yeah. on the subject. <laughs> oh, while we're at it. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, so, so, so that, that was obviously very... You couldn't, yeah. can't get any better than that. No. Uh so that's it. That obviously is very, very exciting. It's a new new chapter in your life. Um, what else is going on? We've kind of decided we're not going to hit a specific subject, have we? So, um, I well, I thought we were, talk, we were going to talk about. Uh, so we got Epic Encounter this weekend. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the birth yeah. of Epic, the birth of the Epic Encounter. Mm-hmm. The birth. Do you see what I'm doing? We're calling oh, back yeah. to the birth it's all, of. Uh, it's all about babies. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so there was a show this weekend at York Hall. You're just trying to wind me up, Andy. <laughs> no, you were fully. You, you were, you were <laughs> no. being very supportive of it. We we talked we talked about it a few times. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know, but I I don't really know Dan, but I know Dan. I know Dan within like the wrestling realm. Um, he would provide us, us our first ring job. This might be a rather amusing story where we didn't we decided <laughs> we it's obviously it's funny and embarrassing. You'd called me or I'd called you. So someone was selling a wrestling ring. And growing up wrestling fan... Hey, this was a good one, though. So this is like the start of the Baltimore School of Wrestling. Yeah. So to put it into perspective, this guy who was selling this wrestling ring, it was like a brand new wrestling ring. It had only been used for a couple of training sessions because this guy had got a National Lottery grant. I can't remember his name, right? But he'd got a National Lottery grant, right? And he'd set up his own wrestling school, wrestling promotion, bought brand new wrestling ring, brand new belts. The belts wound up going to Stephen Flutter. Okay. The first Preston City wrestling belts. Um... But yeah, a brand new wrestling ring, 16-foot wrestling ring, mint condition, cheap price. Because basically, he got all this funding from the National Lottery to run this wrestling business, spunked all the money, and was completely broke. Yeah. So, like Vultures. Other wrestling failure. (laughs) Yeah, right. Other person who doesn't know what they're doing. What a surprise. So, so like, Vultures, we swooped in and and got the wrestling ring. But, again, like, um, where... I don't know if this is because I'm more sensible because I'm a scaredy cat... But like, obviously, I felt like calling you up and saying like, "Hey, do you want to uh, come in on a wrestling <laughs> ring?" I felt like we shared the responsibility, and yeah. also we shared the, you know, if it doesn't, it was like it, half the risk, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, half a risk. Yeah, and like, you know, and if if I lose a few hundred quid, mm-hmm. it's not as bad as losing grants. Yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, so you called me up and you said, "Oh, do you want to do you want to go halves this?" And and point I'm going to make is uh, at least to me as a kid. Or growing up as a kid. And there was one other time, maybe about 
few years before a wrestling ring came up and I considered buying it then. It was one of Mark Sloan's old rings, but I think Len... Oh, you, you got out lucky there. That's well, a, it's well, a good you, ring, but like... Yeah, so, but Mark knew, like, I, I think Len was selling it and uh, it just needed a new post. And Mark's dad is a welder. <clears throat> That's where all the FWA rings came from, was Mark's dad. And sturdy as anything, look, the business, great looking yeah. rings, but just, it was like the heaviest Meccano so set. So heavy and Meccano sets that everything required bolts and screws and not just hand tight ones but then yeah you have a bolt to, gun yeah, and all sorts yeah, yeah and like a well the bolt gun was a later addition by john the ring van man yeah it's like logistics before, before you had like a you know the, the wrenches and whatever i don't <laughs> know the technical terms for them. just all, all spanners by, i think all done by hand you yeah know, like um yeah. Uh, so, so you said, George, you want to go get this wrestling ring. So, so we went and bought this wrestling ring, and uh, you must have spoken to Dan Reed, who's running. Would it have been Eve, or mm. would it have been his previous? It was a Pro Wrestling Eve show. Pro Wrestling Eve he show. He was just he needed a ring for a show. Yeah. He just advertised it, and I was like, oh, we could do that because uh, we had a ring. That was a hell of an adventure that day. We we got there. Million Dollar Man was on the show. No, that's a different show. It's a completely different show. Is it? Yeah, yeah, completely different show. Oh, okay. Who? So, oh, Katie Lee Birchall was there. Katie Lee Birchall. First was time there. I'd seen her in she, years. Yeah, since WWE wasn't. Yeah, it? She, yeah, I remember she thanked you for in your in her in her tryout. Mm-hmm. You wrestled with her, and she yeah. thanked you. And she she credited you with getting her a job. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's that's the truth. I was there yeah. when she. I heard her say it out. If you sat here and uh, told me that, I'd be like, ah, he's talking out of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I actually heard it come out of her mouth. Yeah. she was like, "Thank you so much." Like, you know, and putting you over. She repaid me so well. Um, so, uh, no, it was nice to see her again. I'm joking. She's a lovely lady. I'll probably see her again soon. She's back wrestling, isn't she? So, uh, so anyway, so, so we go, we set this ring up. And to be fair, all the girls who were there, they all helped Can set I just the ring ask up. a question, just deviate slightly? Mm-hmm. Is your episodes of Sunday Night Heat on the network now? No, they've only oh. done the first year. Okay. Yeah, so I'll have to wait like 10 years, I think. Until they start bringing in the jobbers. The first <laughs> yeah, year was all yeah. superstars, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was a so. proper show. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so anyway, we get there, we set the ring up, and you're doing merchandise. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm probably just milling around thinking, oh, doesn't our ring look nice? The match come, fir- first match comes on, and you hear the noise you just don't want to hear as a promoter, ring, ring provider. Kadong, <laughs> right? That is the noise you don't want to hear. And basically, one of the poles, which is obviously supporting the wooden boards, um, is, has come away. So, like, it, it, you know, it's hit the floor. So I'm like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? So I slide under the ring, try and be discreet as possible. I put this metal pole back in. Not two minutes later, kadong, kadong, two of them have come away. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is our first ever, like, ring job, you I know, hiring out. the first time we'd ever set the ring up, wasn't it? No, quite probably. We didn't have the unit at the time. And even and we, we had Mark's unit anyway. Because we, we, uh, we wound up hiring Buckland Community Centre to set it up properly and get it all, sort, get all the kinks That's right, out. but that was but about that was another after. year. Yeah, it was about that a year was a long later. long time after, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, kadong, kadong. So, in the end, I spend the whole wrestling show, I swear, from the second match on. Were you the ring announcer, maybe? I was the ring announcer. Yeah, yeah okay. So, you were the ring announcer. So you, obviously, you couldn't help. Um, I was sat under the ring the whole show, holding these poles in very with dangerous, my feet. Very dangerous in hindsight. And yeah. also, I'd like to point out that it wouldn't have actually, like, if you'd just let them, if, once those two had gone, like, they, if you just left it, we don't, we don't, obviously the benefit of hindsight, we didn't know the ring at the time. But if you just just left it, nothing would have changed. You still the ring's perfectly workable. Just you didn't want anyone double foot stomping. Yeah, that sure. Area. Straight through the um, boards. Yeah, but like you know, the ring was perfectly workable with the poles like that. But we didn't know that at the time, and also we obviously didn't know that it was a kink in those rings. Um, again, this might be interesting for anyone who's uh, 
who who knows the makeup of a wrestling ring but those wrestling rings they've got bars it's very similar to the um the 18 foot ring i use for your call um in the sense of the poles there's lots of poles rather than our um instead of 16 foot long poles we had two essentially eight foot long poles that yeah, it's kind of hard so to two describe without putting poles, a photo. Gateway really, poles are like around the side, but then across the middle, there's essentially um, loads of little poles across the middle, each side in two halves. So maybe 16 poles yeah. across the, you know, across each side in total. Um, and um, those, um, and basically, the, the, my 18 foot ring has got a, um, it's got like a lip across the top. So the poles do jump because obviously the ring kind of bounces. So upon impact, the poles jump. Um, but unfortunately, this ring didn't doesn't have any um, any. It, there's no there's no steel or lip across the top of the, the the place it sits. So like on my on my 18 foot ring, you slide it in. Does this make sense? Yeah, it makes you sense to me. Yeah, it, you slide it in. Whereas in this ring, you yeah, I can place yours, it in. Yeah. Um, so as a result, when when someone bumps hard, boom, and being a new ring and the springs all bouncy and whatever, you know, the bounce made the pole jump out um we we since that point we came up with several fixes for it we short-term fixes we bungeed them down yeah long-term fixes when we had it up full-time in our school we just gaffer taped (laughs) we gaffer taped around yeah um and um Dwayne and Dwayne Dwayne and Dwayne they helped me London Inc I think they're a tag team for I think WAW and a few others around London uh they they run to the ring with me as well and I'm sat there going Oh, thanks. And I was genuine too, because I couldn't have done it on my own. I'm not, you know, I'm not like Doc Octopus with like eight hands. So I was literally it's, like, oh, uh, I, I it's can't. It's bad as well, because like, uh, I don't, again, like I've only been under ring once when people were bumping in the ring, but it's like, a, it's it horrible, is isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's loud and horrible. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so big so, shout out to Dwayne and Dwayne. Thank you very much. And we got out there unscathed. And I want to say Dan even hired it again. Uh, oh no, no. Dribble the Way Home, he ran out of fuel as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a good story, right? So yeah. this is this is Andy Boy Simmons through and through. <laughs> so So on the way back, but you get a fuel gauge on these on these vans, and on the way back it was saying like the it tells you how many miles you're gonna go. Yeah, but, but that's not always accurate. It's not accurate, but that's the point I'm making, so it's not okay. accurate. So we had plenty of fuel in as far as we were concerned to get home, right? And then all of a sudden it just jumped down, 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 down. And you're like, Oh, we need to get some fuel to get us home. So I can't remember what it was, but I'm going to just throw a ballpark figure out there. So you're like, oh, it, it's only going to cost us like three quid to get back to Portsmouth. Yeah. Right? And in my in my head, I'm thinking, just put a fiver in. Yeah. Right? But like, obviously you're like, you know, it's a waste of money if we put in more fuel than we need. Because they always say bring it back as close to empty as possible and whatever. Yeah. So you put your three quid in at the, um, the, the, the fuel station and then... Uh, and it's like, and you're like, yep. Look at the, the thing. Plenty of miles. Then all of a sudden, just literally right before we get to Portsmouth, right? It was just outside. It was just coming off the M3, so about 20 miles from Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Vroom, gone. So we sat there on the side. It was a, like, and we come back from Sudbury, which is literally my, like far further, <laughs> and the drives and all the ring, awkward. Jo- ring jobs up the stairs as well. Yeah, right. It was a long day, wasn't it? And then we finally got back. So that was our first ever ring job. And on the way there, there was huge traffic. I don't know if you remember that either. There was a, a yeah, lot of probably. traffic, and then we were like running to get the Panicking ring up the to stairs. Get it all up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's it. But but j- again, just to be clear, we have a far better wrestling ring setup now. We've got you know we can hire two or three in a day now. So um, we can. Yeah, we're hell of a team. Hell of a team. We've 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 built it up quite well. Um. So uh. So Dan Reed's hated so Dan Reed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've since uh yeah we've since provided the ring on numerous occasions for Dan, and he's uh yeah very happy with our service. 
So, so yeah, so he had this show in uh, York Hall, which I think was pretty eventful. I was, I was, I was, I wasn't saying I'm surprised because that wouldn't really be fair. But I saw a picture, and I was like, oh, fair play. It looks pretty full. Like certainly the floor looked pretty uh, full. No, <laughs> again, I know the layout of York Hall, like, um, and uh, obviously there was. I'm not again. I I'm going to get in so much trouble. You don't have to keep defending yourself because you just sound guilty whenever you're yeah, like... Yeah, but I feel guilty because that's what you lot... <coughs> you <coughs> Twitter lot. People are tweeting me stuff. Yeah. Oh, what do you think me of this? Stuff, trying to get me riled up on Twitter. I'm not Jim Cornette. Yeah. I'm a lovely person. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not saying Jim... <laughs> I'm not saying Jim Cornette's <laughs> a horrible person. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... Uh, you're not going to get me to rant and no. rave, right? So, I think... Pro Wrestling Eve did a hell of a job in drawing the crowd they got into York Hall. Um, I w- it's I feel like with the advertising they had, because they get a lot of mainstream publicity, and it feels like there should have been more people there, Is my, in my opinion. I think they did a great job of getting that mainstream publicity. Um, they put on an interesting card. It was a card that had everything. You had cage matches. Had you games. had ladder matches. Yeah. Had, do you know what I mean? You, you, like everything, all the... You know, you had Japanese legends, you had, you know, all the different variety of things. You, you know, they ticked every box. Um, and uh, I, so, so uh, yeah, I just thought, I genuinely thought, and they were going for, you know, to make history with the biggest female wrestling show in, in Europe. I don't know what their official attendance figure was, but, um, but yeah, it was kind of, um, I'd say, I'm not going to say a number because every, like whatever number I say, people will go nuts at. But I saw the layout of the chairs and I know how much the venue holds and I know I pretty much know what the attendance was without okay. <laughs> but I d- Well wrestling's wrestling, isn't it? But yeah, know, like, like whatever whatever number comes yeah. is gonna be debated. But who cares? And I always say as well, who cares what the numbers are? Right? It's not the the wrestling fans' business to care if you drew a thousand people or ten people. Wrestling fans' business is to care if they enjoy this show. Obviously, if there's not enough people there, so there's not a good atmosphere for them, they might be sad by that. Or if there's loads of people there, so there's a great atmosphere, they might love that. Yeah. You know? Or some people might like there to be not many people there, so they don't have to listen to idiots shouting stuff. Yeah. So, like, you know, yeah. everyone everyone is completely different. So, um, but I think, um, yeah, it looked busy, um, and I'm sure they did, uh, I'm sure they the, the show itself delivered. Um you know, there's uh, people said to me before, like, um, you know, it, it, like uh, there was this outrage when there's a Twitter Q and A when I said about, um, I, I, th- I just said they, they asked the me venue. about my thoughts. They asked me about the, my thoughts about them using the running your call and whatever, and I just replied something like, "It would be nice to have been asked about it," which caused absolute outrage. Um, and in, I didn't in the minority. In though. the minority, yeah, yeah. Like the very, we're talking like single digits. Minority, yeah. but very vocal minority. Yeah, yeah. Well, Twitter um, is, isn't it? It's and, a vocal uh, yeah, and you have to remember that. And that's something. That's probably one of the hardest things as a, a promoter, probably for a wrestler as well, right? To realise that a lot of the people saying stuff are a minority. Oh, I swear to God, like all about. I, I think just being good at anything, but like if you're a performer on any level, or even maybe in a sport, uh, probably just anything, but like, you know, my dad is not going to get tweets about whether he's a good news agent or not. Do you know what I mean? But like, you know... You might get pissed off about a bad review on TripAdvisor though. If we, yeah, true. So um, so anything about being a good good sportsman, good performer, um, good anything maybe, uh, is all about how confident you are. And those Twitter 
I wouldn't even call them trolls. They're just people on Twitter who are and like, they, yeah, and they and like again, you don't you got to remember that you don't really know even know who it is. No, who's tweeting this stuff? Yeah, you sure. Know? Yeah, and like if you see him in like again, no offense to anyone, but like we have people um, who we see on our in our day to day lives, friends of ours, acquaintances of ours, who say and do stupid stuff, mm-hmm. but their opinion is so irrelevant. Right. But getting behind a c- keyboard... Make it, amplifies it. Amplifies it, 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 and you... Because you can't see, you can't rationalise in your head yeah. that, you know, this is just a kid who doesn't know any better, or sure. this is, you know... I Again, I'm not stereotyping anyone, I'm not... Um, I'm not, and I'm not downplaying anyone who has an opinion, because I think opinions are very important, yep. um, and I think, like practical opinions are great and I feel that if you can communicate so if someone has so if I say something someone disagrees with it and then I can communicate why I stand by my decision then they can communicate back either A why they've changed their mind and they now started to agree with me or B why they still maintain their personal decision but they don't hate me for maintaining mine right I think that's the important Sure. Part about life, but a lot of people you can give a rational answer to, and it's not good enough yeah, for them. Uh, but I've, I've seen a lot of. I always feel like a little bit let down. I think we're probably on the same sort of subject here. Like I've just seen a lot of wrestlers this week, last couple of days, just calling these people on Twitter who might not like their wrestling or might not like this. The wrestlers are being so. Uh, um, I mean, they have a right to defend themselves, but the 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 language and the. Uh, I can't, I can't think of the think of the term. Uh, just how vulgar they're being to these people, you know. Like, you know, you also, you know, whether or not you agree with this chap over here, there's a hundred other people who are going to read what you've just written to this guy and probably going to think less of them. Yeah. Because it's been that vulgar. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to sit there and be the Twitter police or anything. But uh, like we said before, like both ours anyway. And I talked to Marty about it this week, and he just said about you know language on social media, how important it is. And I just think like, you know, one man's opinion is is one man's opinion. He's fully entitled to it, but I don't think he deserves that kind of aggressive outburst. Yeah, it's, it's on both sides, isn't it? You exactly. Know, like, I yeah. think, like, you can't, I can't expect you to respect my opinion if I don't respect yours. Right, and, yeah, totally. And, like, I, I I respect other people's opinions. If someone's got something to say, I and I, if I feel like I can, if I feel like I can um, challenge that opinion and maybe change their mind or maybe just explain where I'm coming from, I feel sometimes justified in order to, to be able to explain that. But then, um, and if they come back with, well, F you, mm. then I know I don't need to bother with that person anymore. Right. It's because kind of like, well, you, you can't, one, you yeah, know, essentially, you, you, you can't argue that. with logic. Yeah. Um, so, it's funny, because we know a wrestler like that, don't we? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, we certainly do, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, like, that, again, that's, that's just opinions you know um and and, th- and that's why i feel like i have to defend myself <laughs> it's weird isn't it i feel like i have to defend myself before i say anything because i know i'm going to be attacked i just don't want to be attacked but you don't have time for it i don't want negativity in my life um so but one thing that um was very disappointing about pro so like first of all i i, I said um you know it'd be nice if pro wrestling even spoken to me about it and it wasn't asking for permission right so to me like if they did ask for permission i would have respected that a lot Right. If they just came to me and said, hey, listen, Andy, we want to run this show here. We want to try and make history. We want to do the biggest women's wrestling show ever. We've got different demographics. We're not trying to tread on your toes in any way, shape or form. We understand that you've built your call up. Dan knows. He knows what wrestling is like. Dan comes to the show. And he knows what it was like. He was around 
when the Len Davies. Kicked out. Yeah, he was the, around during the Len Davies sure. days, you know. So he knows, and we've you know we've been around together for a long while. Um, anytime he has problems. You know, he used to call me and we'd talk, you know, like, a, and I'd try and help him out the best I could. I, bu- I booked Vader for him. He never got any uproar. <laughs> I took all the stick. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I thought you meant Vader Scott then, but I realised um, you actually mean the, the big van Vader. Big van Vader. But that's, yeah. a, again, we'll get to that story. Um, and anyway, so I was just kind of disappointed. Um, and I, I di- and the only message I got from Dan was just being like, hey, can we you?" I can't even remember what it was. He was like, hey, we're running your call. Like, this is after it, I already knew it was happening. Um, it'd been announced. Um, and he just wrote, hey, we're running your call. Um, I can't, uh, he maybe said something about using Mark Sloan's production. Just said like, uh, are you cool with us using Mark Sloan's production? Something like that. Maybe not even that. I don't know. But I know from speaking to Mark that he'd contacted Mark and Mark had said to Dan, you know, the thing to do would be to, <laughs> you know, speak to Andy. Yeah, right? sure. Um, so again, I don't know. that. I can't remember the exact message. And I'm happy to pull it up and give complete transparency on the situation. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, I'm not like a, I know Emily uh, tweeted saying we Dan did get in touch with Andy and Dan did ask if it was okay, but Andy didn't reply. I didn't reply to Dan's message because, um, it had already a it had already been announced that they were going to your call and uh, and b there was just no kind of like just common courtesy. Um, so um, so yeah. So he so he wrote after it had already been announced. Um, he wrote saying, "Hey, uh, even though I know we don't impact each other, um, just letting you know we've we we have your call on Sat we have your call Saturday May fifth." if we worked with Mark Sloan on production, would you be okay with it? And I didn't reply to that. Okay. Because it was just like, to me, I felt like it's already been announced. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. People already know about the show. Like, you've already booked it. Like, what do you, do you know what I mean? Like, what do you, what do you want me to do or say? Yeah. You know, like. I mean, like, Dan obviously didn't want like a, a collaboration at all. Like, that was never the idea. I, but you'd have happily helped him. Yeah. And I, and like I say, I wouldn't want to do a collaboration. I'm busy enough as it is, you know, like, but if he wanted to, yeah, if you want, if it, if it kind of you know messaged me beforehand, and like I said, to you explain that we're doing this, you know, and I and I appreciate if he'd forgot, you know, if it like sometimes you just do stuff without thinking about it, and he could have got excited about the idea of doing it and booked it and whatever, and then called me and been like, ah, oh, yeah, sorry, I really should have spoken to you before, but we're doing this. Um, just wondering if blah 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 blah. Um, example: When Ring of Honor annual call. They used my paramedics, my security team. They used my production guys to do their, their walkway ramp. Um, whatever they had, I can't remember what they had. They had stairs or I don't know, whatever they had. They used my production guys for that. They, of course, brought some of their own production in. But like for the people, for the stuff which was critical to the way the venue ran, um, they used those people. So like it's been well documented even on this podcast about the security issues with your call but obviously I've been working with that team for five years now to get it right and obviously we had that you know that craziness when the security got amped up due to licensing restrictions but um, you know we've worked to improve that and get people into the building on time and you know if there's a security guard which is a a bit of a dick they don't come back you know and we make sure that um, you know everyone's treated lovely the best we can, do you know what I mean? And when the shows run smoothly, etc. And, and and just little tricks from running a venue as well. Like uh, I know from personal experience, the first time I go into a venue is the most traumatic time ever. But then 
The next time it gets a little bit easier. The time after that gets even easier. Your call now, we've got down, touch wood, going back there this Friday. We've got at, down, so, you know, everyone knows how it goes. Um, and that process becomes so much easier, you know. But I feel like uh, the first time you come into a venue, there's always teething problems. And it's always the doors don't open on time because there's something that you didn't anticipate. The power the, the power supply the venue have is different to what you imagined it would be because you forgot to check it up. Or um, you can't find the you got the key to a cupboard that is essential to work the show mm. or you don't know where the chairs are kept or that you've given a seating plan for the venue they've misunderstood it and laid out the chairs wrong um you didn't realize this happened on my first york call show you didn't realize that you're responsible for you sent them the seating plan but you didn't realize that you're responsible for printing out the uh, seat numbers really? okay and you've given allocated seating um you know just stuff like that so um you know, there's stuff where i could have a hundred percent helped out with and would have happily have done given a conversation beforehand but there was a, no such conversation nor was there any conversation or has there been since um and i've got no issues with that whatsoever because it's his business their business emily's business dan's business they can do what they want all cool i'm not trying to start any kind of arguments they did a great show they they created history they did you know uh they they did something which was uh, critically acclaimed that's great but what i do have a problem with <laughs> Is and I don't know how true the first part is, but the first part is I heard they had no paramedics at the show, which is a licensing mm. condition for your call anyway. So if someone from the licensing authority had walked in, that show could have been shut down, boom, like that. Also for the safety of competitors, especially when you're doing TLC matches, cage matches. Yeah. And the worst of all was someone jumped off the balcony. So again. Tell me, Andy, am I wrong in being upset about this? No, I guess the way it's just compromising. You know, you've been you've been brutally honest. You know what you've just said about, you know, it's their business. They can run their business how they like, but you can't you can't run your business to potentially compromise someone else's business. And people do. Don't get me wrong. One, you one know, people do. Yeah, one of the, well, one of the first things that um, was was discussed. And now again, go back listen to the York Hall episode of the podcast. One of the first things that was discussed was um, that they didn't want anyone jumping off balconies because that was one of the things they were most upset about. Over the fire, they were more upset about um, Nikita jumping off the balcony. Even though Jodie Flyer had done it, but I think it was just a, the shock factor of a woman jumping off the balcony. And again, I don't mean that in a sexist way. Times were different back then, but like, it was just, and I guess like stories get exaggerated, but it was just like, oh my God, a woman jumped off the balcony. Yeah. You know, um, but that was uh, an issue. So I, you know, I said, there will never be any balcony dives don't have to worry about that. You know, everything will be by the book. Yeah, I think part of this story that's sometimes forgotten is while you're getting sort of like stick from people on Twitter about, well, what you know, why do we have to, why would Dan even have to mention it to you? It's like, well, you're the one who opened the gates, really, to let wrestling back into the venue. So again, it's... And I'll tell you what that. as well, 100%, like I'm the one that makes it possible, made it, 100% made it possible for them to, to go in without any questions about you're not doing a balcony dive. To go yeah. in with any questions about, mm-hmm. oh, you use it like again. There's nothing wrong with using a cage, but a lot of venue like when when wrestling's new to somewhere, like if you bring in any kind of gimmick, I'm sure like you can appreciate this. Like any like if you if if you go to a venue and say, oh, we could, we've got a ladder match, um, you know, and you you explain it to the venue, they instantly have concerns. Yeah, sure, yeah. And you explain the concept or whatever, um, but like. Your call was super sensitive to everything 
involved in wrestling because of the FWA yep. stuff from earlier. But now they're not because of five years of goodwill, five years of hard work and five years of, of you know, making this happen. Yeah. Right. And doing something just so irresponsible like that balcony dive, it could have just ruined... A, like, your call have worked hard at it as well. Like, little things as well. Like, so, for example, when we first did your call, wrestling uh, uh, wrestling and boxing were categorised as the same thing. But we were able to, you know, bring people in, meet with licensing, have, and, and stuff like, you weren't allowed to take your drink to your seats. So, I don't know if you remember that. Like, people, the first couple of your call shows that I did, and just all the SWA shows, you'd drink your drink, you'd have to have it at the bar. Oh, okay. And then they put up that banner that said York Call, which I kept up for a little while because I liked it because I was like, oh, yeah, we're in York Call, but then I was taking it down just because it's just, you know, for people to get, uh, you know, their drinks at the bar while they're queuing, they can still watch a show. Okay. Um, but, like, they put that screen there because what they didn't want is people just crowding the bar, stood at the bar holding their drinks. Oh, I see. Okay. So that's why that screen was there. Right. Um, but obviously we've worked together with the venue to enable at wrestling events for drinks to be taken to their seats yeah so that's just an example of one of the you know the things that we've worked together with them to do um and to do something as irresponsible as that if someone got hurt and uh, you know like the wrestler got hurt or if a member of the public got hurt or a member of security got hurt or anyone like that got hurt do you know what i mean that'd have been that would have been hard for you to you know potentially you know they might just guilty by association do you know what i mean like this eve thing they're dangerous, but you just don't know, do you? You don't you know? know. You just don't know. And it could be that could just be it. Wrestling blackboards again. You mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. And it's just like, why take that risk? You know. And and again, like I ple- appreciate the athleticism. As a fan, I would have liked to have seen that. But I've 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 described a lot how like I've grown up a lot as a uh, as a wrestling promoter, in a sense of like, you know, you'd see people getting hit by chairs. You'd see blood. You'd hear swearing. You'd see light tubes. You'd see people go through ironing boards and, and stuff like that. But that was like the 18, 19 year old me. Do you know what sure. I mean? Mm. Like with the benefit of hindsight, I look back and think how stupid was I allowing that to happen on my shows. And you, I know it's a sign of the times. The times have changed a lot. Wrestling, wrestling in the like, like in the, you know, the mid noughties or whatever, you know, you had WWE had hardcore, the hardcore wrestling, but they don't really have it anymore. No. You know, like the world, the, the entire world has changed, you know, that kind of stuff we don't really do anymore. But, um, but yeah, I'm not knocking the, the athleticism. I'm not knocking the fact, the spectacle of it, because, you know, that's, uh, I, as a wrestling fan, I'd be excited to see that on the show, but just as a responsible adult, you know. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Okay. So. That was, so that's that. We'll put a bow on that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up nicely. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, okay. Well, we've got. We nearly hit an hour. Nearly. Well, we're approaching. We're forty-five. Yeah. We're well, forty-five minutes now. Um, okay. So we 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 we've had Calvin. We've had Eve. Well, so we're, oh, we we said we we're going to talk about the epic, epic encounter. encounter. Yeah. So like, just a, it's, it isn't really. Again, it's like topics. Like it's crazy because we've had this lovely episode, and all of everyone's going to be talking about is. He said this. He yeah, said sure. that. Someone's going to be stirring something. Hey, Dan, what do you think about this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Epic Encounter. We've got a show at York Hall this Friday. Um, we are... Yeah, we've got about 20 tickets left. So it's going to be a buzzing York Hall. And there's nothing I like more than um, than a show which is... Uh, well, I love it. York Hall is a great atmosphere regardless. And I always say because of just the... Um, 
the way the roof is shaped, you know, it's a it's kind of domed over, isn't it? So it's like it's perfect the, for us. The, 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 yeah, the acoustics are brilliant. Um, so Epic Encounter we've got, and I just thought it might be a nice story to tell the story of the very first Epic Encounter that I ran. Um, given that someone was gifting it from rpwondemand.com the other day, and I tweeted something saying, um, this is where it all started, something along those lines. You know, I, I genu- genuinely think this show is uh, is why it was a standard bearer for British wrestling and, and was very responsible for the current style of British wrestling. And that may be a bold statement, um, but I think it's a fair statement to make. What do you think? Well, Andy? I remember I went, spot here. I went to that show, uh, I want to say it was, what, May 2009? May 2009, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and just a brief, pointless uh, story here. So we just recorded an episode of Inside Out, which was on the BBC South. It was yep, during that I week. That. Yep. And uh, if I can get that onto some sort of digital copy, maybe we'll upload that. Because that's a pretty good little piece, It was actually. good, yeah. That's another little hookup I got for... Uh, yeah. You maybe look like a real superstar. I remember I got, I got loads of stick from the old schoolers. Um, there's a line in it. But of course, it gets twisted. But the line is, you know, some wrestlers, you know, for a night's work, they get they get as little as £30. And then it becomes, Andy Simmons went on BBC and said he gets 30 quid. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. no. No, I didn't say that. A, obviously I fed him that information, but I wasn't saying that like, that's like across the board. I was saying that some wrestlers do this for as little as £30 a night. Basically just saying... It's showing that there's a, just such a diverse range of British right. wrestling from tiny stuff to huge stuff. Sure, and you know, any, I'm sort of like, I think like the final piece, and keep in mind I'm about 25 maybe at the time, and I'm just sort of saying, you know... I get £35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, in it, at the end I'm saying... Uh, you know, you just never know if your big break or when your big break is going to come. Um, and, uh, you know, I could be, because uh, like Andy mentioned earlier, my parents run a news agent, so I do some shifts in there to help them out. And, uh, you know, the final scene was me pricing up like a box of Mars bars. And then I'm sort of saying how, I don't know whether they, I kind of feel like maybe it was a bit of a hatchet job, maybe look a bit silly, but I don't think so. No, it, it seemed quite well spirited. Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, but uh, it all seemed because the guy, John Cuthill, his name is, who presented it, he was a lovely man. Uh, anyway, and then I then the next shot is me saying, you know, you just never know if your big break's going to come tomorrow. It might never come. But, you know, I'm here pricing Mars bars today. Tomorrow I could be the main event of WrestleMania was the idea of it. So um, so anyway, we filmed that that week. And uh, and you'd said to me, oh, I think I'm going to put you on with Danny Garnell. And I was like, oh, cool. Because I wrestled Danny Garnell there at Selsey that week, which is where we filmed the wrestling portion of that show. Of the inside Are out. You get, I think you might be getting your dates confused a little bit. No. Yep. No. Yep. Go on. Well, because Danny Garnell didn't come until a little bit later on. But Danny Garnell did that show for us because I'm wrestling Danny Garnell on the documentary. Yeah, so I think you must have, the dates must have been, the inside out must have been a year later. No, it was 2010. Yeah, this is 2009. Bugger. Boom. The man, you got me. The, the man <laughs> with the wrestling trivia that can never been beaten. Oh, you've got me. Has been done. Oh, that's a completely pointless story now. I was going to moan how you'd said I could work it and then I just didn't. I know. So anyway, I go to the show sit with Luke and, you know, the man of the, you know, the, the match of the night, the match that I think if you you could put up against anyone nowadays. Um, is a bit. So I was listening to a podcast, Chris Jericho's podcast. Just dropped the podcast with Daniel. So are Bryan. we talking about a show from next? <laughs> no, no, we're back to two thousand and nine. Okay, but I just want to say that uh, that um, Chris Jericho's podcast landed today on my iPhone with Daniel Bryan. Now, Why also, are you giving plugs to other people's podcasts? Well, because I don't think it matters. Because if you're going to listen to ours, they certainly can listen <laughs> I know, to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway, my point is just like 
he uh, I could listen to the guy all day. Uh, he's just he's just great to listen to. My point is this: um, his wrestling, I think he's the best wrestler in the world ever. Yeah, and, I agree. And his um, he's realistic. Do you know what I mean? He's not silly. He's not ha ha on any level whatsoever. He's just believable, good wrestler. And the match that everyone remembers from that night of the epic encounter in Sittingbourne was uh, Pack, not X Pack, just Pack, who we now know as Neville versus Brian Danielson. And I sat there, third, fourth row, <clears throat> watching that with the man who is LT Summers, our friend Luke. And I was just like, this is just out of this world, and just how good it was. So. So, so yeah, I and aside from that, um, you know, that lie about, <laughs> yeah, you promised me, yeah. you pro- um, but, um, yeah, I that so this show, and again, this show's been called Sitting Born Spectacular 2009, it's called Epic Encounter. The names have gone back and forth. Um, I wound up kind of going with, I think we, we stuck on Sitting Born Spectacular, but it was announced as Epic Encounter, but then it went to Sitting Born Spectacular and then. The mat- there was a match which was called the Epic Encounter. So like the first two, three years. So like I think so the first year was Pack and Danielson was billed as the Epic Encounter during the Simpson Spectacular. The next year, um, you had Dave Mastiff and Takeshi Morishima was billed as the Epic Encounter during the um, Simpson Spectacular. Then the following year, there was I think it was a freeway between Dave Mastiff, Takeshi Morishima, and Shah Samuels as the epic encounter so those were like the you know the matches which were billed as that, that you know that big deal um but the way these shows came about which is crazy again because it ties back to york hall is mark sloan had booked york hall for a wrestling promotion called pro wrestling octane yeah i remember, and, I remember uh, reading about it in power magazine or something. he did a great job of like Fighting spirit i guess yeah. he did a great job of like advertising it like the the concept and like he got i think it's quite ahead of its time like it was essentially like a ring of honor style promotion within the uk but using guys from pro wrestling noah um all over the world and probably some dragon gate guys some so no i think it was noah was would have been the okay. japanese contingent I know Kota Ibushi was, uh, or oh, sorry, Ibushi. People getting angry at me for calling him Ibushi, but okay, tomato, tomato. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, he was uh, originally scheduled on the show, um, and like Mark had designs for the belt. Like he's a very intricate man, Mark. He had a lot, you know, a lot of stuff done. The seating plans, like he, the way he laid out his events were were great because it was he left no stone unturned you've just reminded me of something this is so funny how this always ties in right i went with mark to york hall oh, for that really? initial meeting he just called me up like me and mark have had kind of like a bit of a ropey relationship but like he trained me we'd always be mates um but he just called me up one morning and was like what are you doing and i was like i was probably at the shop actually and i was like oh just doing some work and he's like oh do you want to come up to york hall and i was like why he said i'm just going for a meeting so I was like, okay. So I think he might have had some sort of flash car at the time. And I just went up with him. I went up with him to this meeting. I don't remember a lot about it, apart from me you know, talking to him about what the higher fee was and all that kind of stuff. And But yeah, isn't that weird? So like, you, could have given me some, you could have given me some inside information when you, I... Uh, yeah, he was only paying like 500 later. quid for it, I think. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that was... Uh, he was going to run that show... And one of the feature bouts was Paul London versus Brian Danielson, which was a uh, rematch from the the highly and the 
the the critically acclaimed match at the Ring of Honor's Epic Encounter, or it might have been All Star Extravaganza, and they called it the Epic Encounter. I can't remember <laughs> something yeah. like that from like what two thousand three, maybe. 2000? I don't know, but like Paul London and, and Daniel Bryan had this uh, like hell of a match, which everyone was just raved about as the match of the year for whatever year it happened in. I, I don't. Re- it may have been the year previous. I don't honestly can't remember. And and if we did, if we were any kind of respectable. Um, you know, podcast host, we'd have done some research, but we don't do research. We, don't, we just guess. Just correct we'll get us it later. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's normally better when we don't get called out on air, isn't it, Andy? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so, he was going to do these shows and he put tickets on sale. So, I don't think tickets went particularly well. And then he found out that the Noah wrestling contingent were going to have to cancel because of a schedule change. Um, and he felt that and he was doing two days at York Hall as well. It's very ambitious. And he felt that with the situation um, as it was, it'd be untenable to kind of run the show. Um, and like what I respect about Mark is you may remember like um, he was involved in running a Shawn Michaels um, Q&A meet and greet autograph signing where he tagged on to 1PW. I didn't know. he was. I knew, I knew about that. So obviously. like 1PW were... There was some again, so some again, more like, on, so, wasn't so it? So one piece, yeah. Danny, Danny Rod was that his name? Damn Rod, that rings a bell. Yeah, um, but like he was, Mark was going to be doing a. So they were going to be doing a Shawn Michaels Q and A thing, and they'd often however many dates. And they, I want to say they had, they thought they had something in the Middle East, which didn't come up, come to be anything. So Shawn Michaels was supposed to be doing something in the Middle East. Good old Linsky. Um, I don't think actually, don't think Linsky was involved in no. this one. Oh, okay. Um, oh, he may have been though. He oh, may I have been because he, he did start refereeing those shows, didn't he? So yeah, maybe he was. Yeah. Um, we'll have to call him on that one. No, mate. No. Um, and uh, he's supposed to be doing those and one PW shows. And Mark was going to have an additional date in Oxford, I believe, doing an autograph signing. And Mark's had sold well and he had been dealing with them and it was all professional and whatever have you. Um, and it turns out that Danny Rod's deal with Shawn Michaels was contingent on X amount of dates taking place, which was a lot. Or uh, and, f- and basically he reneged on so many things and his shows weren't happening. And basically Mark's deal couldn't happen without Danny Rod's deal happening. So, um, unfortunately for Mark, that Shawn Michaels deal fell through and he's obviously taken money from people and spent money on advertising and whatever have you. Um, But he's always, like, he's completely upfront about the situation. He tried to salvage it. He put out a statement, couldn't, whatever. Um, But just refunded everyone. Just off the bat. Yeah. Refunded everyone. No, to be fair. Yeah, no no, uh, hesitation, you know. Um, So... And the same happened here with his progress in Octane. He just, you know, he explained the situation to everyone. Didn't do, like I think he was one of the first wrestling promoters to not in this country, probably learning from FWA to not treat the fans like morons. Sure. Like in the sense of like, you know, FWA would never be transparent with what's going on. Do you know what I mean? It would just go quiet, and then it'd be like, we're relaunching. Yeah. It would be like, we've got no money. We're. <laughs> We're trying to, yeah. <laughs> right. We're trying to rope um, someone else in to pay some bills. Yeah. Um, so, but as a part of that, before he he knew he was like when Noah pulled out, he called me up and he said, "Listen, Andy, would you like to do something?" He said, "Like I've got all these guys booked." He said, "I think if you had uh, Paul London and um, and Daniel Bryan, um, this would have been post WWE for Paul London." Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's right. But so he must have been WWE earlier. Yeah. 
yeah. So, um, so it must have been a legendary match they had before Paul went to WWE. So, anyway, long story short, Mark said to me, if you had this match, I think you'd do really well. And I was like, well, I've got this venue in Sittingbourne um, I'm going to do a show at. Um, and I was supposed to be doing a show in April. I had it booked in. Um, and I had, again, another tidbit. I discussed with, because Kevin Thorne was around at that time, and I discussed with Danny Girl, Garnell coming in, and he was going to be a vampire oh, in yes. Kevin Thorne's stable. Um, but then uh, he got threatened to be fired from LDN Wrestling, which later he just was just like, ah, oh, whatever, I'm quitting and yeah. doing these good shows. And um, and uh, and Kevin Thorne kind of, uh, I don't know what happened with him. It didn't, just didn't happen. But like, I was going to have a vampire stable. So this is how different my shows were going to be. You go one way or the other. Quite radically different, aren't they? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. April to May. Yeah, uh, it was going to be a complete WWE style product. Yeah. You know, uh, and yeah, and I just so happened to walk into this Pack and uh, Danielson match. Thanks, Mark. So what happened with Paul London then? Oh, so sorry, uh, Paul London Danielson match. So I announced Paul London and Danielson get tickets on sale. We start selling tickets now. I personally believe the success of Sittingbourne was down to this match because not many. Le- so there's logic behind my madness. So first of all, not many people would travel from um, to Sittingbourne. Right, it's a different day and age. It wasn't as much wrestling in London, so people were willing to travel outside of London to get to wrestling shows, which is why Broxbourne was so successful, which is why Orpington was so successful, just outside London, right? Because it was the closest thing to London to professional wrestling. But Sittingbourne was just that little bit further, just that extra half an hour on, mm. um, and just outside that travel card zone, <laughs> you know. Um, and that's how us young men used to think at the time, like, oh, it's outside the travel card zone, that's going to cost me an extra fiver. Oh. Um, so, uh, this convinced people to travel to Sittingbourne and come to that show, right? And um, and Paul London, um, oh, it was a uh, a couple of weeks before the show. So Pac was originally scheduled to wrestle Ross Jules and RJ Singh on the show, um, who was debuting his RJ Singh character, which was again an idea that I came up with. Like people, other people will say they did, but I swear I was like, you went to the gimmick is you went to um I don't even know where I got this one from. I was like, you want you need a manservant. Okay. So Daryl Allen was gonna be it was his manservant. Yeah. Right. I was like, I want you to do a little dance. Uh, choreograph a dance with him to do a you know. Oh, I know exactly where I got this from. Um I was roomies with um Babu. Uh yeah, I remember you telling me. So uh, Pablo Marquez, who was Babu for a cup of coffee in WWE, yeah, who with was Tiger Ali, Ali Singh's manservant, yeah. right? And I was like, I need like a manservant, yeah. <laughs> and I need like, and I was like, Ross would be perfect to do it. And I just had this. I loved logic in wrestling, and I just loved the idea that Ross Jordan went on holiday to India and came back, and he's convinced he's now like a the Bombay Dream RJ Singh like a Bollywood superstar who's a heel as a heel yeah okay. yeah yeah and that was kind of my idea behind RJ Singh mm-hmm. I mean obviously FWA shortly after relaunch and they had him as a and RJ they had him as a, and he, his manservant they added an entourage to it and they had they kind of pushed him so heavily I kind of stepped away from it and didn't really use Ross for a while because I wanted to differentiate the two crews because I think that's always important. And you'll notice, even from my shows now, you'll notice my crews are constantly evolving. So you might see, um, I don't know, someone I'll be pushing strong um, 
will then turn up, for example, in progress and then be pushed strong there. And uh, and then I might then switch across, you know, and then I might be like, okay, well, we can now need to bring someone else in, you know. Um, it works both ways. There's, you know, guys who, guys from, uh, again, I'm not saying anything. There's like guys in, for example, progress who I'll get hot in progress. Where I'm like, oh, I could do something with them. And, I, you know, I bring them in and that draws my attention to them or whatever. Um, but I like to keep the rosters kind of fresh and exciting. So that's why, <coughs> excuse me, that's why... Um, Ross kind of disappeared off the shows for a little while. Um, and anyway, um, Pac was scheduled to fight him. And it, Paul London pulls out. And I think it was about two weeks before the show. And I got an email from Felix from WXW who said, Paul London's pulled out the show. And I was just like, oh my God. And this was my first... As we've documented, there's been a number of pullouts in my wrestling life, and we're going to do. Obviously, we've got plenty that we've promised we'll talk about on another episode. But um, this was my first mainstream one. Um, so he's pulled out due to reasons, um, I guess personal reasons. Um, didn't really get much of an explanation, um, but I now had to explain to everyone that Paul London wasn't going to be there. And I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, oh my god, I wasn't even going to run this uh, run this event in the first place, <laughs> and now what am I going to do? Um, so I wound up running. Um, I wound up running. Um, I'm just looking here. Um, see if I can find the. Uh, <coughs> sorry. Oh, what are you looking for? Uh, the the email from Paul London. I just okay. want to see. Uh, uh, it's gonna see. Uh, I'm looking at Felix's emails. Like one email I've got here is saying, "Re bad news." Oh, I'm sorry to tell you this, but Davey has just pulled out. That's Davey Richards, obviously. That's the first line of the email. Um, I literally just searched Paul London Felix, and I saw that email saying bad news. Felix only ever contacts me when he's got bad news, never good news. Um. Looking at the timing, so we had M Dog Twenty Matt crossover. That's right, yeah. Because I'd done that tour of Africa. Well, I say a tour. It was ten days, but we weren't touring. We were in the same same venue once every other every other day in La Reunion. Got some good stories about um, that trip. Actually. Oh, that's a good. Yeah. Good, uh, we haven't already covered it. Sometimes I forget what stories I tell people and what stories <laughs> I've covered recently. Our life has become this podcast, hasn't it? Yeah. So, no, I don't believe you have. Okay. Um, so, um, so yeah, I can't find the email. But Paul London pulled out. Um, I actually explain it to people. So I had another date booked in for Sittingbourne for July the 5th. Um, so I had Colt Cabana and El Generico booked for that event. Um, and basically what I did was everyone who attended the event, I offered refunds. Everyone who attended the event, I offered a free ticket to to our July event. So you can upgrade to ringside for an extra £10, but you got a free ticket to our July 5th event for Paul London yep. pulling out. Got in contact with Pac, was like, hey man, going to be wrestling uh, Daniel Bryan now. And he didn't want to wrestle the match because they had a not so good match at Ring of Honor. And oh, like, really? And for anyone, who, anyone who knows, like Pac is... Um, Again, I don't know what he's... I've not spoken to him in a long while. I actually miss him. He was like one of my real good mates. And this could have been the uh, BA podcast if he was still around in the UK. Yeah. Um, not standing for Black Andy. I, I was trying to think what B stood for, yeah. Ben and okay. Andy. Yeah. 
brother. Adrian, you mean? Could have still been A squared. Adrian oh, it could have been Ad- Adrian and Andy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Oh, but I don't think it would have worked because people wouldn't have got his strong Newcastle accent. No. So we're two well-spoken young men. Um. So yeah, he he was always like really. Um, there was an episode of a Chris Jericho podcast where he kind of, you know... That was Cabana's spoke, podcast, wasn't it? Was it? Oh, yeah, Cabana's podcast. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Where he spoke about his anxieties and, and whatever have you. And and he was... um, He didn't want to... like he, he was nervous about being put in that position of being in the main event. It seemed like everyone had so much faith in him because he always delivered, but he didn't have that confidence and belief in himself. Um, But, I, you know, he said he'd do it, but he stipulated one thing. What was that? He said... He didn't want to go on last because he didn't want people to build up high expectations and then disappoint them. Okay. Interesting. So he didn't go on last. They went on before the intermission. Now, that's part of the story. So this, so obviously the show happens. It was a roaring success. As you say, Pack and Danielson was one hell of a match. A great match, which referee Chris Roberts botched the finish, but we'll let him tell that story one day <laughs> when he comes on. Well, we could get him but on always, the podcast. We could, we, couldn't yeah. we? Yeah, and I always, I always remind him. But, like, the problem with Chris Roberts, he's a politicker, isn't he? So, mm. like, you know, he won't be talking nasty about people because he'll always be thinking there could be a little job at the end of it. Sure. You know? But we'll try. Yeah. Um, and... Um, so they had a great match, but I think one of the one of the most overlooked things, and when you said the match that stood out the most for you was that match, the match that stood out for me was actually another match, which was Marty Skull and Zack Sabre Jr. against Joel Redman and Mark Haskins, so the leaders versus the thrillers. And they stole the show, in my opinion. So I think they both offered very different matches, but I don't think anyone's expecting anything from the tag match. And they just had one hell of a tag match. I remember it was all... So it was all- they were jumping off ladders and it was all sorts of... No, that it was... You're getting confused again. I wasn't there for you're, another show. You're thinking so. about... The jumping off ladders was a TLC match we built up to for the... Well, there was one bit where there's back of the hall there's like a ledge and somebody the jumped ledge, off that ledge. That, yeah. Yeah, certainly. Because it, it was certainly yeah. not what I was expecting to see. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. And also oh Skins... My. I've known Skins ever since he was a little boy. Uh, you know, was, the first time you, was it the first time you saw him? It was the first time I'd seen him actually go, wow, he's really good now. Yeah. He, like, Skins used to message me He opened me on. a lot of eyes on that night. Yeah. He, he wrestled um, Matt Cross earlier on in the night as well. Right. So he pulled a double duty. Now, the reason he pulled a double duty was because, oh, there's two things. So I want to say that Joel Redman and someone, like, so the Thrillers had a deal where, oh, that's right. So the Thrillers had a deal where the tag team champion was Freebirds Rule. So the other tag team champion was Ricky Hype. Um, well, the other member of the Thrillers was Ricky Hype, and Ricky Hype had the other tag belt. Because okay. traditionally, you'd have Redman and Hype as a tag team, and Skins as the singles. So you'd have Redman and Hype going for the tag team gold, Skins as the um, and this is, cruiserweight. And this is Ricky who went on to win The Apprentice the in Apprentice. Ricky Martin, yes. Yeah. who went on to win The Apprentice, um, and he's now a very successful man, very rich. Um, <laughs> works for Lord Sugar, who, if he wanted to invest in a product... Mm. Yeah, just saying, just saying. Um, You're very rich as well. So he don't, you don't, you know. He doesn't I wish I was. Doesn't need to invest I in wish your company. I was. You don't need it. People think I am, but I'm really not. It's sad. Um, I don't know why either. No. Like people like people think we're this big corporate, but it's not. It's just one man. He was one man in his bedroom, but now it's one man in his office, big office. And even though there's some people working here, it feels like it's still just one man in his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still get the same amount of stuff done. Um, so anyway, come on. So, so yeah, anyway, let's, let's just wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um, so um, so that happened. Right, and then uh, so the other tag belt wasn't there because Ricky Hype had the other tag belt. 
so Joel Redman also was pulling double duty. He wrestled John Waters in the first in the dark match because we had a dark match. I don't even know why we had a dark match, but it was like it was a bonus match. John for, Waters. Uh, he went on to become something Brewer, not Matthew Brewer. Oh, RJ Brewer. Yeah, there you go. RJ. He's Brewer. on Facebook, right? Yeah, of course. Um, who was like a? He got a lot of pub. He did those lucha shows as a, you know, essentially like a. Uh, I don't know the best way to... He was in Ring of Honor, though, for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. The purist or something, okay. yeah. Um, but in, in he later on became, got a lot of publicity for, like... He it was like he did the Lucha shows and was, like, anti-immigration and all that stuff. And okay. you know, it was essentially the, the blueprint for uh, Donald Trump's presidential campaign. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, cool. so, yeah. And anyway, long story short, that was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be the Thrillers versus Hubba Bubba Lucha, which is a match I tried to put together three times, and it worked zero. Okay. It didn't happen. Bubblegum and El Ligero. I think it was El Ligero who was hurt on this occasion. Whoever it was was hurt, and then we booked the rematch, and then the other one was hurt. Okay. So, um, and then we, like a year or so later, we tried to book it again, and it didn't happen again. So we tried to book it three times, right? But the best thing that ever happened was for that to happen. That was a rematch we did in our Superstars of Wrestling tour, which is a whole episode onto itself. Um Mark Haskins and Joel Redman versus Zack Sabre and, um, and Marty Skull. They had a hell of a match in Birmingham in 2009, in February 2009. Um, it's called Live in Birmingham. It's on RPW On Demand in the Before the Revolution section if you want to check it out. But they had a hell of a non-title match there um, where we put them over and Zack and Marty. Um, and that was the first time that Zack and Marty really shone the same way that Mark Haskins and Joel Redman really shone. And... Um, yeah, they had that hell of a match, um, and that really was the epic encounter. Um, and and again, it was just a perfect storm, really. Um, and after I watched that show, similar to you, really, I was kind of inspired by watching that show, and I was like, we can do this. We've got something special here. This doesn't need to be... Like, I always used to have this old mentality of, we need a filler match. You know, we need highs, and like, you know, this match is here for the audience to have a break. Right, in the sense of literally have a piss break, yeah. right? Or this match is here for, um, you know, to bring the crowd down before the next match. Or the right? main event or before something. the main event, it? whatever, yeah. right? And after watching that show, I was just like, what if I just booked all the best wrestlers against the best wrestlers and we just created these super shows every time we did a show? And that's what we did. Mm. And... I feel that because the next show we gave away free tickets to people who were disappointed about Paul London not being there. Sure, I took a massive hit on the gate, but I built that faith and loyalty in the crowd. Sure. And then two sh- two killer shows in at that venue, you know, things started to move for us, and uh, and the Sittingbourne shows used to become the the highlight of uh, of the British wrestling calendar, really. Um, and I remember once a. a, a a wrestling fan, a very, I guess, a famous wrestling fan, old David. Do you know him, David? Franklin. I saw David not so long ago. I hadn't seen him oh, in ages. You know? I haven't seen him yeah. in years. Yeah, he um, he was at a show I did in uh, Win Canton, and he he was he's always such a lovely guy. Yeah, lovely yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, and he but he actually said to me, he goes, I, I was I went to watch a show in Gospel that you were wrestling on. I think I just <laughs> went. You were just like, do you want to come to a show? I was like, sure. <laughs> Things we could do back in the day when we were young, free and single. Eh? Yeah. Um, and I went to a show in Gosport and he came out to be there and we were having a conversation. He was like um, telling me about the reviews he puts up on the UK fan forum. And he's like, this show, he's like, these shows are good. He said, and like, cause he really puts those shows over. He said, but what I want you to remember is we don't judge them on the same level as the Sittingbourne shows. Oh, did he right? say that? Okay. And I was just like, kind of like, I was kind of 
I took it as a compliment, but at the same time, I was kind of, you know, like, why not? <laughs> Do you know what <laughs> right. I mean? Yeah. Like, but he's, he's almost like he's saying, like, we judge those sitting shows on a different level, but because, so like, uh, so like a good show, this show being a good show would be a bad show in sitting mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. Kind of, so like, you're kind of fighting a, do you know what I mean? We want to spread the word. Sure. So, um, so yeah, that's a that's just a you know little tidbit there. But that is how the Epic Encounter essentially is born um, through a failure at York Hall, through a pullout, uh, um, <laughs> for a main a mainstream pullout, and so would be the the story of my wrestling career and promoting career. So yeah, I think I think we filled a gap there, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's this Friday. Still some tickets available. Um, yeah, but not many. So don't rock up on the door thinking you're getting in because you probably aren't by the yeah. time you listen to this. So um, give me a call, DM me on Twitter. I'll let you in through <laughs> the back door. Twenty quid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so uh, revolutionprowrestling.com if you want any tickets for the Epic Encounter. Sorry if I've offended anyone. Didn't mean to. Um, but if I have, the plus side is we will have more listeners because yeah. every time I upset someone, we have more listeners. Mm. So. Um, maybe we can get on some subjects of you uh, upsetting some people in the future as well. So you yeah. can be, I've upset a lot of people. Guy. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. You've upset a lot of people, but you've not really upset fans, have you? You've, you've not, your, your upset that you cause people hasn't been a needle mover. Uh, no, there was one one small story was uh, when forums were big. So I, I was thinking more of a podcast, but tell us this story. Oh, right. Oh, maybe. Okay, let me just tell this story while we're sort of on me upsetting people. So I've always been quite like... Um, I don't say old school. I'm only I'm in my early thirties. Do you know what I mean? I started wrestling in the early two thousands. I'm not like I always say with you. I say you've got one foot in the old school, one foot in the new school, and you're too scared to take either foot out <laughs> of either and in. jump into yeah. So uh, so anyway, I, I like I'm not I'm not I I a bit hypocritical of me about to say this this sentence, but I'm just quite big on kayfabe. Um, you know I'm not I you know you never see me. I there might be some hiccups along the way, but if you look at my Twitter, my Facebook, there's never me putting a picture up of me and the person I've just wrestled that night for example you know, oh look we're all mates yeah so um well this podcast though totally different so yeah it's quite hypocritical I understand that but anyway um someone said this is someone I upset once this bloke came up to me at a show I, I don't remember it but we were leaving a 1PW show and it was right around the time where I was also the heel in IPW and I just won their version of the Royal Rumble and this guy came up to me and he said um, oh, I set that up really well didn't I yeah um, and, I, and I delivered it very well. Um, so this guy came up to me, he says to me, and this is his story, his words, I don't remember it, but I'll take his word for it. He said to me, oh, Andy, oh, I loved I loved you with down in Orpington the other day. That was such a good show. He said, the whole way through that rumble, I was really cheering you on. And my response to him was, I wish you hadn't. Right, but that was because I was just sort of, I just, I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, thanks man, you know, like a wrestler's yeah. on a retweet, someone said something nice about me, retweet, retweet, and like, and my point is, uh, he was a furious, he was so rude to me, but I was just trying to keep a little bit of the magic alive that I'm in love with, you yeah, know. Can I tell you, to just add to this as well, so yeah. when, um, when the New Japan lads got into New Orleans, so New Orleans was like crazy and like, obviously there's one airport everyone gets into the same airport and like um there's wrestling fans everywhere so when the new japan fan wrestlers came into new orleans they were getting mobbed at the airport by wrestling fans right, right. but there's like wwe wrestlers landing in as well and like you know just every like it was just who's who of wrestling if you wanted a free autograph just hang around at the, okay. the airport so like um tanahashi and ibushi were getting uh uh, you know, mobbed Ishii, getting mobbed at the airport, everyone getting pictures, whatever. And people were trying to get pictures of Suzuki, who was at the airport. And he was like, 
swatting him away and being like no 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 pictures um yeah yeah, so so like i'd always think that like i think if i was a wrestling fan and suzuki had swatted me away i think that uh, to me that would be just as exciting as getting that picture oh you couldn't i like not even like oh it's so funny i'd be like oh he swatted me away what a dick you know like but kind of with a smile because like we you know the business is pretty open now but still what a way to keep your gimmick alive yeah you know so that's why I think wrestling lacks nowadays. It's just people with that commitment to that nasty people. No, I completely agree. I, I don't think you can all be. I mean, everyone can all be friends. I yeah. don't think that. Uh, like, I think that it's short term. It's great, but I think long term, you want to keep some element of the the magic there. Sure. Um, and I, and yeah, and I feel again, just going off on a tangent, but like I feel like um, again, a lot of it's because it is real. But, you know, like, I think Josh Bodum's a good example of a wrestler that fans actually hate. Yeah. But, uh, again, there is seeds of... Well, there is a lot of reality in uh, what's being presented, reality, yeah. right? However, it's crazy because... And, and I can say this, and I say this to you all the time, Andy, in commentary, right? I can say, I might not like this person as a... This wrestler as a person, but I can respect them as a... As a, a as, as an athlete, as a professional wrestler, etc. I don't think you can argue that Josh Bodum's not a good wrestler. Do you think you could... Like, no, no, no you know yeah, I mean? he is a good wrestler. I don't think you could, I don't think you could yeah. argue that. You could argue that he's a bit of an idiot. Mm-hmm. You could argue that you don't like him. But you can't argue that he's a good wrestler. But lots of people argue that he's not a good wrestler because they don't like him. Sure. Which is weird, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like in a world where... And again, I don't I don't care. Like, it, mm. it doesn't it doesn't move me in one way or the other. Um, and I... Uh, but I feel that... Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just feel that wrestling fans um, don't don't be afraid of getting lost in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you have to be in on everything. I go to WrestleMania like Marty always takes a piss out of me, saying like, you know, like uh, WWE make it hard for you sometimes. Yeah. Yet you're just uh, every year you're still, and it doesn't matter how hard they make it. Every year, you'll still go to WrestleMania and line their pockets. And I was <laughs> sure. like, yes, yes, I will, right? And do you know why? Because I'm a wrestling fan, yeah. right? And I, I always want to remain a wrestling fan, and I always, I don't want to forget that. So I'll, one time a year, I'll get super excited about wrestling, WrestleMania time. Obviously, like, I'm invested in New Japan, I'm invested in, I watch a lot of WWE, but as a fan, that one time a year doesn't matter if I go there or whether I'm watching at home I'll get drinks I'll get food I'll cheer I'll boo and I'll have a good time yeah and and I feel that's what wrestling fans need to do and I don't care what my uh what my status is in the professional wrestling business I'll always be a wrestling fan and Mm -hmm. if that makes me a bad person boom boom Um, you're out (laughs) whatever who cares mark (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> call me a mark. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> um, so yeah, but there you go. All right. Well, that was interesting. Considering we didn't come in with a lot of planned. No, but we're yeah. just like shooters, aren't we? Yeah. We're just like, oh. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, I haven't had a great uptake in Twitter followers the last couple of weeks, so let's make up for it today. At Boy Simmons, B O Y S I M M O N Z. Um and. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Aquilden at A Q U I L D A N. Um, obviously, if anyone is, we say I don't want to do Amazon wish lists or anything. I don't. But if anyone wants to buy Baby Calvin a gift or wants to, uh, you know, just give me some cash to support his upbringing, then feel free to do so. And of course, 
a wonderful way to support baby Calvin is to come to our events, revolutionprowrestling.com, um, and to check out rpwondemand.com if you can't make it to the events. And of course, shoprevpro.com. Boom. That is the plugs out the way. Um, and I promise you, we'll see you next week. And Andy, I think we're going to try and do a bonus episode as well to make up for the one we missed, right? Yeah, we're yeah, making up for lost time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully so, this weekend. So sorry, and we won't let you down again. And we'll speak to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Laters. 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 Bye.